The following program is sponsored by Max Out Savings Advisors. The views expressed during the broadcast are solely for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily express the views of KNTH, its management, Max Out Savings Advisors, or its sponsors. Max Out Savings Advisors and members of the Max Out Savings team may or may not hold securities mentioned during the show. Plan for your prosperity. Prepare for your retirement. Safeguard your savings. And nurture your investments. This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka. Good Saturday morning and welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka and we're talking savings investments in your retirement. Our motto and philosophy is to save aggressively, invest conservatively. That's key to building up wealth over the long term. Save aggressively, invest conservatively. Well, today we've got, we got quite a bit to talk about. The world, again, is rapidly changing as things accelerate uh, across the planet and, and we're going to be bringing this to you. Uh, we got an election coming up here uh, uh, next week, uh, Tuesday, and so we're going to be talking to Congressman Michael Cloud of the uh, 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 Congressman Cloud. Hello, Good morning, Congressman Cloud. Good morning. Good morning to you. Uh, yeah, uh, Congressman Cloud is is uh, Congressman of the twenty seventh uh, congressional district. Uh, goes down to uh, kind of Matagorda, south toward Corpus Christi, up. Could you kind of explain the district? Congressman Cloud? Sure, yeah. We uh, we go as far south as Nueces County, which includes Corpus Christi, up to the coast, uh, up to Matagorda. Uh, in redistricting, we're going to be losing that the next term, but um, but then it cuts over and goes up toward Caldwell and Bastrop counties. It's got a lot of rural swath between that, the coastline, the ports, and, of course, a lot of in, uh, industry as well, related to the oil and gas industry. So. A lot of ag production, uh, a lot going on in, in our district. Yeah, yeah you, you actually stay pretty busy. There, there, there's a lot of industry, uh, a lot of agricultural people. Don't you know? It's it, it's a very interesting district. Uh, uh, Congressman, we've got the election coming up uh, next Tuesday. Uh, you know, I, I think this is a seminal election. Uh, that really we're going to decide the way we're going to go forward for the next number of years, uh, you know, decade or two. And, you know, we have two choices. One of them is 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 the free market capitalist uh, system, and another one is more of a, a centrally planned economy. But but how, how is it going for, for uh, how are, what do you see in these elections and how are things going? You know, everywhere I go and everyone I talk to, they understand uh, not only, I, I think, what's going on in our nation. You know, you'll have the White House come out and they'll say things like 0% inflation and things are going great in the economy. But the thing is, the American people aren't getting their their economic news from a report or a White House briefing. They're getting it at the at the grocery store and the gas pump. And uh, those things have yet to make any sort of significant improvement. And you know, so people are feeling it, uh, making tough decisions between, you know, especially those on a fixed income with inflation, having to make the choices between food and medicine or gas and, uh, you know, those kind of things. And, uh, you know, you think back to a generation ago where really the political discussion between the right and the left, so to speak, of the political spectrum was more about we wanted the same thing for our communities. We wanted the same thing for our families. And the discussion was more along the lines of, What's the government job? What's the government's proper role in getting to that shared space we wanted to get to as a country? But now we just see a complete divergent divergence of that in the sense of you know now we have people promoting ideas like uh, that America is a force for evil in the world when it's obviously a force for good. A lot of these you know, just this Marxist movement that's working its way through and has a bunch of different labels on it to make it sound good. But, uh, yeah. it, you know, the American people are reacting to it, and they're certainly seeing the effects of it. And um, we're beginning to see that in the polls as, as well And as we get to Election Day. So. Yeah, it's, it's looking really good. I mean, it just seems to me I, everything I'm seeing is uh, it's looking just really good. I mean, and, and so uh, – the, you, you've done a lot of stuff on the on, well, on the on the border, trying to shut the border down. And one of the things that we've talked about it a lot on our show is, even though it's about saving investment, is it's terribly upsetting to me and to the American people. Is we're losing 
I, the, the number I use is an additional 71,000 people are dying from fentanyl, which is, which is materially more than we've lost during the whole Vietnam War. We're losing 71,000 additional people every year because of this open border, and nobody seems to care. Yeah, yeah, it's unconscionable to me. I mean, if if that was a chemical weapon or some sort of, you know, traditional weapon, we would consider it a weapon of mass destruction to get, you know, a lot of people, and certainly this administration seems to turn a blind eye to the fact that China's sending these chemicals over to the cartels, uh, encouraging them to get it into the United States. Um, and, and what the cartels are doing to these people is horrific as well. You know, I visited the facilities where half the young women there will, will admit to being abused along the journey. And, and, you know, the, these people pay thousands of dollars to these cartels and then often end up in some sort of indentured service to the cartels. And they're beginning to have a, you know, we, we know you know, areas of Mexico are basically run by the cartels. We're beginning to see that in little pockets in the United States as well. They, their corrupting influence is having a, a tremendously bad impact, uh, and, and this administration continues to turn a blind eye to it. Not only are they just turning a blind eye to it, they're actually putting in policies that help encourage it, uh, and that's what's, what's really devastating. It's immoral is what it is. I mean, it's just... Uh, yeah, you know, and I appreciate the work you're doing. You've, you've done a lot of work down there. How many times, because that's kind of closer to you down there. It's really, you know, the effects. Do, 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 do congressmen in other parts of the country, are they starting to understand what's going on down there? Can, are you able to communicate it with them, or do they get it? Uh, more, more, Definitely more so now than four years ago when, when I, I got elected. And, uh, you know, our district's just south of Houston, right? And so we know... Uh, the southernmost part of my district is two hours north of, of the southern border, and so we have a major highways that go through our district on the way to Houston, which is known to be the human trafficking capital uh, of our country. Uh, and so the cartels use those routes or areas around those routes to, to work to get humans and drugs into our country and then kind of use uh, it as a as a distribution center. Um, and so every day, you know, every other day I'm getting a text from a sheriff about, hey, we got another bailout or we got more of this going on in, in our communities. And, and uh, yeah, it, it just, you know, when I first got elected, a lot of representatives, it seems like, you know, is it really that bad what's going on? And, and probably the toughest part of communicating about what's going on at the border is when people think you're exaggerating is actually when you're just scratching the surface of how bad uh, the, the things are that are happening. You know, so I've everything from going to the Donna facility with other representatives and we'll see a bus leaving. We ask them, you know, where's that bus going? And we get told by the people running the facility, Oh, that's a staff change. And they're like, you realize there's windows on the bus. You know, we can see who's on the bus. It's not a staff change, you know, <laughs> I, I, I've been in, you know, closed door meetings with my orcas and with no cameras around uh, and we'll flat out lie about what's happening at the border. And I'm like, I'm from Texas. You're not going to fool me. You're not going to trick me. I'm seeing this stuff every single day. There's nothing around here. You can shoot straight with us uh, about what's going on. And it's flat out denial about things that are obviously happening uh, in our country. Um, and wow. So that's what we're that's what we're dealing with. Uh, just an administration who is belligerent, belligerently yeah, well, now, wrong. Okay. <laughs> in, in, now, uh, Congressman, I think you're on the uh, you're on the oversight committee, aren't you? Yes. Yes, I'm on the okay, oversight well, committee and the admin. Yeah. The uh, so, so look, if we get the, with the House, which I think I, look, I'm very confident we're going to get it. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you, you guys are going to start opening up some investigations into, into this type of behavior. Yes, exactly. And we it's not for lack of effort that we haven't gotten information. We've continued to press the administration on it. But, of course, in the minority, you don't have subpoena power. Um, and, and they've been very good about making sure things aren't in print, in a sense, and some of the stuff that they're trying to do. But from an investigative standpoint, you know, we know – the bad stuff the cartels are doing from a uh, criminal aspect of, of getting drugs into our country. We, we think about the human toll it's having on the lives of these migrants, the outsized impact it's playing 
to to stable Central and South American countries and those kind of things. But from an oversight capacity, one of the things that doesn't get talked about a lot is that this has become a multi-billion dollar enterprise, the trafficking of of humans uh, into our country. Uh, And so there's a lot of contracting going on where the federal government's making no bid contract to political donors who just started up an NGO or own a hotel or those kind of things. And so being able wow. to really dig into that kind of thing uh, and get more information and details uh, and really follow the money, um, I think it's maybe another area that doesn't get a lot of discussion, but certainly uh, would be one avenue to really get into where all this corruption is happening at. Well, I, you know, I, I really appreciate you doing this, and it's got to be done next year because this is, you know, this has just been tolerable. The, the human damage and loss of life and the damage done to the country has been extraordinary. You know, again, more, more, yeah. seventy-one thousand people—that's my number. More than the Vietnam War, and, and they don't care. But you're, you're also on the Ag Committee. I, 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 I came across a thing where the SEC it, it, it wants to mandate. For corporate America is going to have to come up with their, their CO2 program, how much CO2 they're using. And you go, okay, fine. But then they go, there's like level one, two, and three. And level one is the company, how much your total CO2. Uh, level level two is energy. But then level three is emissions by customers and suppliers, which means this could be every little factory out there that sells to a big – but it could be also small family farms are going to have to start being being mandated by the SEC. Could you explain this to our listeners? Sure. The the SEC has proposed – it's a proposed climate disclosure rule basically where it does exactly what you're saying. It it basically uses these publicly traded companies under the, you know, auspices of the SEC to become the enforcement arm for this Green New Deal agenda. So the SEC can't reach these small mom-and-pop businesses or these family farms and those kind of things. So they try to pass these rules that that make these publicly traded companies be the enforcement arm for it in the sense of requiring the publicly traded company to report on their entire supply chain line. Uh, And so it's it's just a way of the SEC, you know, again, way overstepping their authority uh, under this administration uh, and doing everything they can to push this Green New Deal agenda, which – is, is flawed in uh, just at the base of even the agenda and what they're trying to accomplish and how uh, it has just created the energy crisis that we're seeing in our nation and around the world right now. And, and actually, their Green New Deal agenda is actually costing lives right now. So it's a completely backwards approach. But even if there were merit to it, uh, using the SEC to to extend its authority into this, you know, quote, scope three area where they, they're basically getting their tentacles and uh, creating a reporting requirement on small family businesses and farms and those kind of things uh, is, is it's an abuse of power, really. And frankly, too, yeah. when you just look at the ag industry specifically and you look at the greenhouse emissions over the last 30 years are relatively unchanged. Uh, and when you look at the American ag industry, what you see over time uh, and it's quite dramatic. I have charts for all this that when I'm traveling around, I show people. But, you know, you'll you'll see the input uh, that the ag industry has trend downward and the output. In other words, our productivity shoots up dramatically. And so the best thing that we can do for all these, you know, quote, climate, uh, climate goals and agenda is for us to take up more of the world market, not less. So we need to be freeing the American ag industry, not placing new restrictions on them. Exactly. And by the way, some a lot of those small, a lot of those little places and small farms and ranches are, are owned by Houstonians. They, they come out to your district, and, and they're going to be affected by. I mean, the Securities Exchange Commission, you know, has no business even in being involved. Number one, and number two, it, it's completely ridiculous the rules they're coming up with. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Uh, it, it's. It's not what they're supposed to be doing. It's not, it, you know, they can. They're supposed to be looking out for fraud and those kind of things, you know. And instead, they're they're using every lever of power and really overstepping their authority and abusing the power to advance uh, an agenda that is devastating for the American economy and really feeds our strengths and our resources to the strengths 
and and of other nations like China, you know, that don't have our best interests in mind and certainly don't have. Yeah. Good hey, uh, Congressman, the world. can we take a quick break? Can you hold on just for a couple minutes through the break? Okay, thank you. We'll be right back with Congressman Michael Cloud of the 27th Congressional District. The Max Out Saving Show with Ted Gioka is taking your calls now at 713-339-1070. Ted Gioka will return after these messages. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer but I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos that companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message, we're 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. In the 1970s, the big song was the Bee Gees stayed alive. Well, it was difficult back then to stay alive if you were a retiree. Inflation was running rampant, and since then, over the last 25 years, it's gone away. Well, inflation's coming back, and it's going to endanger your retirement. If you're a retiree, inflation is your biggest enemy. Hi, this is Ted Gioka of the Max Out Savings Show. If you need help with your retirement, I'd like to help you out. Go to MaxOutSavings.com. That's MaxOutSavings.com, and we'll show you how you manage through inflation. Don't let inflation destroy your retirement. On Radio.com, this is AM 1070, The Answer. Once again, here's your host for the Max Out Savings Show, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm here with Congressman Michael Cloud of the 27th Congressional District. It just uh, in the southwest, uh, south, yeah, southwest part of Houston, down to Corpus Christi. Uh, Congressman Cloud. Yes. Congressman. Okay, great. The uh, the oil and gas. You've done a lot to try to protect the oil and gas sector. Uh, it, you know, we we we've talked some about the the situation with with Larry Fink and BlackRock trying to defund the oil and gas sector. Uh, but, you know, should, should corporate America be stepping up you know, to the table and kind of putting their values on the American people and and, and basically directing policy, or is, or is that the, is that the Really, the purview of government and corporate America should, should stay out. Well, first of all, they're only doing that for the American oil and gas industry. So we should clarify that they don't seem to have an issue with the oil and gas industry in other countries. It's only in the United States. Uh, so it really makes you wonder about um, uh, the the true intent and motives there. But uh, really, you know, it they're they're negating their fiduciary responsibility to begin to become the enforcement arm again for the Green New Deal and to try to do uh, with, uh, what the government cannot do and should not do, frankly, because there's not the will among the American people for it to be done, but to try to, to manipulate our economic system in a way uh, to, to where they're able to advance these sort of policies. And Again, it's it. All it does is feed America's strength and influence and the God-given national resources we have here, which are tremendous, to 
other nations that are doing a worse job than we are uh, and, <clears throat> frankly, don't have the best of intentions for us or for the world at large. Um, so it's, it's really a backwards approach. And all their stated goals, they're actually not meeting, and the policies they're implementing are having a reverse effect on that. I mean, you think what, what's going on in Europe right now, they're actually chopping down trees to, to burn wood to keep their, their homes warm, which, you know, wow. which is, is worse than natural gas, uh, for sure. Uh, and in the Ukraine, we're in a conflict. Well, we're not, but, you know, Russia and Ukraine are in a conflict right now because of the energy policies that this administration decided to embrace. And so they're burning coal or corn in the Ukraine right now to, to, for fuel as well. And really? it's wow. a completely, it, it's just, you know, we had we had a hearing in oversight where, and we all remember right before uh, Putin invaded Ukraine, we had a hearing in the oversight committee where uh, they they tried to bring in or they brought in all the oil and gas execs, and they tried to get them to commit to not producing uh, here in the United States, and and of course that didn't age well uh, as now we're in an energy shortage, but. Recently, we had a hearing in oversight where they kind of did the same thing with the natural gas companies, and and they tried to make the claim. Uh, the person who was up speaking before me was saying, we need to get rid of fossil fuels because, A, there's a finite resource, and, two, uh, the the work conditions are poor. And, you know, I'm thinking uh, it, <laughs> it's hard work, but it's a good living, you know, for many American families. Uh, and I, I know some people in Congress are, you know, opposed to hard work, but, uh, you know, it's $80,000 starting pay. Uh, you can, you can feed a family on that and, and make a good living. Uh, and, and I had with me pictures of six year old kids in the Congo mining for rare earth minerals. And I held it up and said, look, you know, we've got to tell the whole story about what's going on here in the Green New Deal movement. And, and the fact is, is, you know, this is the face of the Green New Deal. We have, Uyghurs and slave labor building solar panels to send to the United States in an industry that's being fueled by new coal plants in China that are being built. You know, we have six-year-old kids here in the Congo digging for rare earth minerals with their hands. Pregnant women, uh, their, their babies are being born there deformed because they're dealing with radioactive materials. I mean, all this, all this stuff. You know, really poor working conditions. If we want to talk working conditions, you know, I'll take our American system where a family is able to feed themselves well over what we're doing to, to get through our earth minerals, which, by the way, are also a finite resource. So, uh, you know, all the talking yeah. points really fall down on themselves. And now we're seeing, you know, food shortages across the country. We're looking at potential diesel shortages and all these things going on which lead to high fuel prices, which means fewer people can afford food. And, you know, it's just a retraction on much of the progress we as a society has made. And uh, and somehow they try to get away with calling that progress. And, and it's, you know, all the arguments fall down upon themselves. When it's you very strange. In the light of reality. Yeah, it's just, I mean, uh, I, uh, you know, I, I, Congressman, Congressman Clark, I'm looking – forward to seeing you on that oversight committee because I, I think there's just been a lot of things that people have just been reckless, uh, corruption, all time. it's just really stuff that, that, that just has really horrified the American people. I mean, it, it, this, this, really, this election really seems to be a referendum on this type of behavior. I mean, is that what, what you guys are thinking? I, I believe so. The, the thing is, you know, a lot of a lot of times what happens, you have these uh, individuals who go to, you know, one of our elite universities and get kind of trained up in this way of thinking, and they go directly to some federal agency without any real-world experience. And so all they know is theory. All they know is textbook. Uh, and they try to institute this upon the American people, and it just doesn't hold up in, in reality. It doesn't, you know, it's, it's like violates economics 101 principles and supply and demand and all these sorts of things. Uh, and, and they kind of live in this la-la land uh, and and trying to impose this upon the American people when it just doesn't Well, that's what's work. been so amazing about this whole thing is, is this administration, they will not back down on anything. Even when the policy goes horrifically wrong, they just plow forward. And it's just, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow. it, it's it's been you know from the border to the economy to you know it's been crisis to crisis to crisis to crisis. The American people are fed up with it and are, you know looks to be responding appropriately. 
Uh, Congressman, uh, assuming we win the House and the Senate, uh, do you guys have a plan to try to put it into some of this stuff? Yeah, you know, one of the things we'll be able to do right away is uh, stop the bleeding in the sense that we've seen trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars just go out. This help lead to this massive inflation. Uh, it's not very, yeah, not not very thoughtful, even how it's being spent and being wasted. And, you know, so we'll be able to see a stop to that. Now, we still do have one big massive spending fight in the lame duck session. So, uh, you know, I, I try to remind people, like, this, this is a battle. It's a daily battle. It's not... You know, the election's the starting line, not the finish line, and it's the opportunity. It's it's not the solution. It's a big, important step, but we'll have a lot to do after that to kind of right the ship on a lot of these issues. And, of course, the White House will still have veto power, and so we'll try to uh, do what they can to to fight it. But us, first of all, being able to stop some of the crazy spending that's going on, just those bills wouldn't get introduced or pass the House. Um, and then us, you know, from an oversight capacity, bringing life to a lot of the corruption that's going on is going to be a big win for the American people and, and seeing true justice kind of come to play on that. And, and then, you know, when they say sunlight's the best disinfectant, right? And so us being able to bring life to some of the stuff that's going on. But then us, you know, we'll have to be creative how we do it and we'll have to have people in the house willing to hold the line. And it's very simple to me. Let's stop sending the administration money to do bad things. Uh, you know, it's uh, yeah. let's let's stop doing that. You know, and and if we have enough people willing to do that, uh, we can really force the issue on a lot of these sorts of things uh, and bringing fixes to it. You know, I think about the border, for example. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. You know, we've already sent the administration the money to to build the infrastructure to put in the technology needed. Um, at the border, and they're actually spending more of the taxpayers' money to not do what the law has already de- uh, told them to do, you know. So um, that's the kind of administration we're dealing with right now. And uh, so we'll have to be creative in forcing the issues on it, but it'll definitely be a huge step in the right direction for the American people. This is great. Well, Congressman Michael Clyde, I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking time. I know you're very busy. Uh, and, and really, I, I, I'm looking at I know a lot of people in Texas are looking forward to seeing you on particularly oversight going after some of this stuff. Uh, uh, Congressman Michael Cloud, 27th Congressional District that goes down all the way down south west of Houston, down to Corpus and up to, to Caldwell, right? Congressman? Yeah, yeah. Caldwell and Sharp County, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Hey, really appreciate you coming on the Max Out Savings Show today, and uh, and best of luck in the election uh, next Tuesday. Well, thank you. Great talking with you uh, again, and God bless you all. Thank you. That was Congressman Michael Cloud, 27th Congressional District. And again, Congressman Cloud is going to be a, a, is going to be a real leader going forward. He's going to be on the Oversight Committee, which is going to be very important to uh, to try to clean up some of this stuff in Washington. And, and so, you know, this is I think it's an exciting race. Uh, the work we're seeing, we're looking at these elections. Uh, what we're seeing is it, it looks to me like are off by about 5%. It, 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 that, it, which leads me to believe we're going to win substantially. It's going to be a big election. It's going to be important to everyone to get out and vote. This is going to be a repudiation of Joe Biden, of the, of the you know, this new world orders, you know, their new policies that have just gone so horribly wrong for the American people. It, it, and particularly the borders. We talked about 27 you know, 71,000 additional lives. Some people are saying 100,000 people a year are dying from fentanyl in the country. I, I think it, uh, the number is around 53,000, 54,000 people died. Americans died in Vietnam. There were protests all over the place in this country, and Nixon was forced to pull out. And, and, uh, and yet here we are on the border, and Joe Biden does not even care. So, think about that. 71,000, 100,000 people. Yep. A lot of these people are just average people. They're not a bunch of you know drug users, uh, you know, living homeless in San Francisco. These are average young people that are being uh, killed off due to fentanyl, and, and, and it's inexcusable. And, and, and so I, I really look forward to, uh, to, to 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 a big win for the Republican Party. Uh, and I think this is going to be one of the key things we've talked about. Look, we've been talking for a couple months. Look, the key thing for the over two two three months now is for the next two or three months is going to be. The election. Everything is going to be designed for the election. They, you know, they pushed down oil and gas prices down. They pushed down. Uh, they pushed down the uh, the commodity prices. They, you know, they they brought on an extra 125 million barrels. They're draining the strategic petroleum reserve to try to force down price oil 
oil and gas prices for the election. Uh, that's changing. You know, the, the market had a big, 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 huge, huge uh, October, which was the final one where the statements come out at the end of the month. You know, so that'll be the final statement they see people see before the election. So their their portfolio will go up some. And I think now that that's over, and we write about this in our maxed out savings report, is I think we'll see. I think we'll see. Uh, you know, oil prices start to go up, and it's really fascinating. If you look at at the if you look at at the dollar started we said the dollar is going to be the key thing but but look uh, Friday uh, gold was up uh, forty five dollars uh, crude oil was up five percent uh, silver was up six point seven uh, almost seven percent so so these commodities are starting to go up the dollar dropped uh, the dollar dropped one point eight percent we said as soon as the dollar we said we didn't think the dollar would drop till after the election because if the dollar's higher, but, but, but crude oil and different many commodities are priced in dollars. So the higher, higher the dollar goes, people elsewhere in the world go, why? If the dollar goes up 10%, some of them can't afford oil going up 10%, so they cut back. So you're, you're, you're slowing demand for commodities. So we said after the election, we said this three months ago, look for these things to happen, and we're starting to see that. I mean, here we are. Two days before the election, and the dollar suddenly drops 1.8%. Gold suddenly goes up $45. Oil goes up 5% in one day. So, so I, I think we're really seeing some of that stuff. So, so I think it's going to be interesting. we got the election coming up. Uh, we're looking for a big win. I, 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 I think in the max out saying report, I said 52 seats. I think it's going to be 53 at least personally in the, House, the Senate. We're going to win by – we're going to win in the House. It's looking good. Uh, the – what an interesting thing! I was I, at the uh, uh, TD Ameritrade is 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 merging with Charles Schwab. So we're at the uh, Schwab Impact Conference uh, this week up in Denver. It was really interesting. Had a lot of interesting things. Although I, I have to say, I, I, they, they actually I couldn't believe they did it, but they brought in Stephanie Kelton, who is who is the uh, she's kind of the, the the you know the father so to speak or the mother of of, of modern she's done more to pro, uh, promulgate modern monetary theory which is a fascinating theory that says that if you have your own currency if you control your currency you can really spend as much money as you want and deficits don't matter and she proceeded to get up there and, and, and lay out this case, and it's kind of like then she sort of glossed over inflation. I'm like, wait a minute, eight. And so everyone started asking all these questions. It was obviously all about inflation, which she sort of tried to answer and blame it on supply chains and everything else. And we can still spend infinite amounts of money, but the minute you start doing that, your dollar is going to plunge. And I think the next crisis is going to be a crisis where we get a falling dollar. Uh, it, it is going to be coming sooner rather than later. It, 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 and the minute people think the U.S. is going to go through the spending, it, 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 the dollar is going to plunge, and then it, it's going to be off to the races for inflation again. You know, if I, we, we, in talking with Congressman Cloud, we just mentioned, uh, you know, it, it was uh, 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 was I lost my train of thought here. The uh, yeah, five trillion dollars was the amount spent. Five trillion dollars is what we spent over the last couple years in deficit spending. Now, some of it, look, the economy was shutting down. It, 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 they had to do something, but we've had, you know, a one-point-something trillion-dollar uh, Green New Deal, or no, a $1 trillion uh, uh, stimulus program almost, like $600 billion uh, something uh, Green New Deal program. They had, you know, they had the emergency semiconductor $50 billion program that they somehow added on another $223 billion. It's just been reckless spending. Now, Stephanie Kelton, you know, uh, formerly at Harvard, I don't, I'm not sure if she's there or not, uh, uh, says that well, modern monetary theory worked because, look, we created – this is the biggest job creation. It only took us two and a half years to recover from this where it took seven years to recover these jobs in most recessions. Well, that was because we shut the country down completely, and then the country, once it reopened, those people came back. Again, these people don't understand economics. They don't understand how an economy works. They're basically, they're, it's surprising how many of these people are just basically socialist, uh, new world order, central planner type of people that, you know, everything's going to promote, it's going to come from the federal government. And it, anytime there's a problem, the federal government's going to spend all this money and they can spend as much money as they can because deficits don't matter. I mean, 
I could not believe Stephanie Kelton showed up at that Schwab conference and claimed that inflation wasn't a result of spending $5.5 trillion. It's truly extraordinary. But anyway, tell you what, we're coming up on a quick break. We'll be right back. If you've got any questions or comments, you can give us a call at 713-339-1070 here in the Max Out Savings Show. If you've got savings and investment questions, Ted Gioka has answers. Call the Max Out Savings Show now at 713-339-1070. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of the morning show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media... We create amazing videos that companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message, we're 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. In the 1970s, the big song was the Bee Gees Stayed Alive. Well, it was difficult back then to stay alive if you were a retiree. Inflation was running rampant, and since then, over the last 25 years, it's gone away. Well, inflation's coming back, and it's going to endanger your retirement. If you're a retiree, inflation is your biggest enemy. Hi, this is Ted Gioka of the Max Out Savings Show. If you need help with your retirement, I'd like to help you out. Go to MaxOutSavings.com. That's MaxOutSavings.com, and we'll show you how you manage through inflation. Don't let inflation destroy your retirement. On Radio.com, this is AM 1070, The Answer. The Max Out Savings Show returns now with your host, Ted Gioka. Good morning. Welcome back to the Max Out Savings. Okay, great. Uh, welcome to the Max Out Savings. had a question for us. Uh, yes, good morning, Ted. Uh, uh, first of all, the uh, lady that you mentioned, uh, how old would you say she is? Is she in her 50s? I mean, is she very young or is she very old? Uh, I think she- I would say maybe 40s, 50s, somewhere in there. Okay, because I guess, you know, there are a lot of people that subscribe to the Keynesian theory, you know, monetary theory, and then you got these people that, you know, more of the, I guess, subscribe to the Austrian economic type theory, and, you yeah. know, there's a big difference in the two, and, I mean, obviously, the, the you know, the Keynesians are here, and, and, you know, this whole business about printing money, and we're going to, print money out of our problems, you know. I mean, and, and, you know, I think even President Obama said, well, deficits don't really matter, and I don't even think he even had a balanced budget during his term. But, you know, I guess a lot depends on who who these people are and when they grew up. I mean, if you take someone that grew up back during the Volcker administration or prior, you know, you probably might get a different take, but if these people are relatively young, then, then you know, you can see how they think the way they think. Uh, but I do have a question. I think she was relative. I, I would say on the younger side. It, look, they, they, it, it probably she's probably not fifty to be fair. I, I, I really think it's it's probably in their forties. Oh. But look, I think that's a good point. These people all come out of Harvard, Yale, Oxford. It, 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 it's all the same places. And in, in, in that modern monetary theory, it's like the Keynesian's dream. You can spend as much money, and it never affects, which is the most absurd thing. Right. Yeah. I, I, 
of all the theories I've ever heard in economics, that's the most absurd. Right. Uh, I do have a question to ask because uh, if if Republicans are successful on on taking both houses, uh, the next two years, of course, nothing is going to get done because Mr. Uh, Biden will have the veto pen. But let me ask this question, and, and it may have been asked before, but it has to do with these uh, the CCP opening up these police centers in all these countries, and my understanding is they have one in New York City. And I know there was that issue that we had here in Houston where where the, the Chinese had their embassy or whatever over here, and they were apparently there was some... Some talk that they were they were confiscating, but uh, I guess research material from UT Biotech or something. Anyway, I guess I guess during the Trump administration they shot them down. But I, I, I guess the question that I have is: is do you see any possibility of finding out who approved this police center in in New York? I know in Canada they even have them. And so the question becomes: if this stuff is being done clandestinely, you know, it's one thing if they're spying on their own people and shipping them back to mainland China. But no one knows whether they're, they're conducting espionage out of these places. And we don't well, have no, no, our no. FBI over there in their, in their country. You know, I know well, this isn't me, a reciprocity thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, look, number one, we know they're spying on them. There's no doubt at all they know exactly what's going on. And, and uh, you know, uh, I, I, I'm surprised that that center is still up there in New York, where you know they, they you know they, they they're, they you know they're threatening Chinese citizens to come back to China, or they're or they're, they're in, in their, it's engaged in espionage. Look, uh, China, uh, this thing is getting worse with China very quickly. So to answer your question, I don't know if we're going to be able to find that uh, who approved that, but but some of that stuff does need to be shut down. Yeah, yeah, because as I said. Uh... I mean, otherwise, all this is is a moot point. I mean, you know, it seems like no one seems to be focused on this sort of thing. Uh, But, you know, again, I don't know what can be done. I don't know what can be done in the next two years. I mean, literally, you would have to have someone. Because if, 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 if a tacit approval was provided by the Biden administration and, you know, then... I mean, how how could he sit there and veto something that someone said? Well, we're not going to allow this to happen. I mean, I, I don't know. I... Oh, that, yeah, I think they're going to go after all that stuff. Yeah, but uh, because it's a real problem. But but thanks for the call. Look, sure, I mean, I, this this is this is this is the problem. I mean, you know, they've got these sinners and they they threaten Chinese people or they'll threaten their family in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very clearly espionage and, and something needs to be done about it. Look, the, the situation in China is getting worse. I mean, we, we we're, we're cutting them off from our high end semiconductor chips a couple weeks ago. Uh, it, it's really back and forth with China. It's accelerating. It's getting worse. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with it. But 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 the situations in China and Russia both really worry me. I, I still don't think I listen to these people at the Schwab, Schwab conference. I still don't think most of them really get it. I mean, I, I, we believe we're in a wartime economy. This is why we have shortages. We believe we're trying to stockpile critical materials. The Chinese are stockpiling critical materials. Uh, we're making a shift, uh, you know, for all those tech workers at, at, at uh, uh, Facebook and, and Twitter and different Mike and Google that are they're they're being laid off. They could they could use them in the aerospace business, the manufacturing business, weapons business. Uh, all types of businesses need highly uh, technical people. So this is a shift. I mean, before our eyes, we're looking at one of the biggest shifts in, in United States history. Look, we we've had twenty five or thirty years of globalization, taking away the factories, moving them overseas. Uh, you know, uh, of, of of all our technology being stolen by the Chinese on a level unseen since, quite frankly, we we took a lot of the technology after the defeat of Germany uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 on this basis. And, and so it, we we've got we're going to have to stand up to China. They're, they're preparing. The Chinese are preparing. We're preparing. It, it's going to be tough. Uh, the, the, you know, one of the things, the scarier things in the Russia war. One of the look, panel people are saying, look. The next month or so is really going to be dangerous because the Russians have committed 300,000 additional troops in there. If if the the Ukraine just run the table and run into the Crimea, they will 
most likely use some type of do. You know, it, it, it's going to go badly real quickly. They're, the, China, the, the, the Russians are not cannot allow themselves to be run out on a rail out of the uh, Donbass region and in particular the Ukraine without, in my opinion, without nuclear weapons being used. It, it and so. It's, 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 it, we, we, we're in very perilous times, it, it, but it was really surprising how many experts and stuff, you know, on the different panels and, and people I talked to up there really had no idea. Just I think they do. I think they just don't want to mention it. That this is look. The reason we have some of this inflation, quite frankly, is because of shortages. The shortages are going to be going into next year. Uh, we, we, you know, we, 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 we still are dealing with. We have shortages of workers. We have shortages of supplies, equipment. I, you know, I talk to people. They're trying to get the factories back from China. Companies are trying to get them back. They're moving to, you know, Vietnam is full. They can't really take any more factories there. There's so many. They're, they're moving them to Mexico now. Uh, in uh, different places, they're moving them back to the United States. I talked to someone from Ohio. I'm like, man, you guys are fortunate. You're going to get so a, a large number of new factories are going to come back. You're going to start growing again. And, and the people, it's interesting, the, the person with, they're so beaten down in Ohio because they've been, you know, 25 years of losing factories and, and people and everything. They can't even quite comprehend that things are changing for them. I mean, we know how that is in Texas. We, 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 we can see what happens when, when you have a free market economy, low taxes, low regulation. Our economy is booming. These other places, since they've been so beaten up by China, like Ohio, can't comprehend it. But look at J.D. Vance. He's going to win big in Ohio. People get it nowadays. What, what do you think about Korea with the things going on uh, in Korea? The dangerous thing uh, the dangerous thing with Korea is we get a lot of our semiconductor chips and everything else. The, the scary thing is China, it's to China's best interest if something happens in Korea and cuts us off there too. It's going to be interesting. We'll see, we'll see what All happens. Right. All right. But thanks for the call. Sure. Uh, the other thing, here's, a, here's an ESG fun fact. Uh, Actually, I use it on their Max Out Savings Report, which we sent out, which you can get free by going to MaxOutSavings.com. ESG fun fact. Uh, in t- August 2020, Exxon was removed from the Dow Jones at 30 average, you know, because, again, uh, oil and gas was going away. And, you know, this is where the new woke S&P 500, the S&P Corporation and Dow Jones, Corp- Dow Jones Corporation. And so they add, they took out Exxon Corporation and added Salesforce. Salesforce is... Is you know it's the new 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 economy. Things are going to be good, and, and so you want to go you want to go with the new stuff. Since then, since August of 2020, Exxon has risen 218 percent if you include the dividends. Salesforce is down 43 percent. That's a huge spread. It, it just goes to show you how this ESG investing has just really destroyed so many people's portfolio. Oil and gas is one of the best sectors year to date. It, it, it's so many. So many advisors, so many money managers got rid of oil and gas because they believed what Biden and, 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 and you know the, the 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 global economic forum was saying, and, and Larry, they bought into Larry Fink's defunding the gas like a bunch of fools, and then they it, 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 it was disastrous for their portfolios. But uh, you know, so so that's uh, a, cu- a couple other things. Uh, you know, we, 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 I mentioned in the report, I, I would like to have expanded upon it a little more, but I, I think there's a good chance the longer-term bonds could be peaking here near-term. And by that, uh, I, I think inflation is going to be starting to drop. So the danger is what happens next year if it reaccelerates after the drop. But but that right now, the mortgage rate is at 7.2%. It was closer to 3.2 a year ago. That that is huge difference. Over a hundred percent in some cases increase in your pay in, in the payment for your house, and so that is going to put huge amounts of pressure on the housing market. I I don't think I think it's going to be hard for for mortgage rates to go much above seven percent. I mean it's just going to be very very hard in this environment right now, and I think there's talk that either the Fed or more likely the Treasury might start buying. Long-term bonds in selling selling or short-term bonds in buying long-term bonds comes some kind of operation twist where they try to push down the long end of the curve, but they but they keep the the short-term rates higher. And so we we did go with some long-term ETF to try to take advantage of that. We'll sort of see how it works, but I think a 7.2 percent mortgage is really going to put a lot of pressure on the on the. Uh, 
uh, on the housing market and stuff. And I, and I think they want it, they're going to want to try to stabilize that somehow. I mean, it, it, I, 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 in one of the conferences, they had Jeffrey Gunlock in there and actually a couple days ago. And, you know, he, he had people raise their high and how much they thought the long bond was down. And, and it's, you know, 20 percent, you know, a few, bunch of people's people raised their hand, 30 percent. I raised my hand and a few other people. It was like hundreds of people in there. A few other people. And I kind of pulled it down at 40, but his number was actually, I think at the bottom was like 40% on the long bond was down, which is just truly, the damage done in the fixed income market, people did not know how to, they, they, so many people manage money had never been through inflation, understood inflation. It, it just really mismanaged the bond portfolio because of that. But but so, it, it, but his point, he sort of think, thought that we were getting somewhat toppy on, on the on the, uh, the long end too, which was kind of interesting. So, so those are just some of the things. I, I think the big story for next year is going to be the dollar. But tell you what, we're coming in near the end of the show. Uh, if you if you'd like to participate some more, you can go to our website maxoutsavings.com. That's maxoutsavings.com. Sign up. We should put out a free newsletter. We, we're going to be put you know our outlook for the new year, all types of things. Keep in mind, we, last year at this time, maybe a little late, we were writing about the S and P 500, and we said, look, the S and P 500, the, the, the valuation was I, I forgot it was something like. 25%, if you totaled in all the tech, included Amazon, which they're claiming is retail, into it, was about 25% of the S&P 5. might have been 27% of the S&P We said, look, this is historically high. These things are way overvalued. This is the problem. We talked about how cheap oil was as a percentage of that. And sure enough, what happened? The tech stocks have blown up, destroyed everybody. And oil has gone up. We'd write up a lot of interesting things in the port. We're going to be, look, there's some big tax changes come up. We're going to be discussing them in the Max Out Saving Port. I send this report out once once a month. It's completely free. You're not getting a phone call. You're not getting an email. We're not going to bother you besides the, besides the report. It's a private uh, news list that we build. And, and, and so if, if you want some help, just go to our website, maxoutsavings.com. If you'd like some help managing your retirement, uh, I think I think we're pretty good at dealing with, with very tough markets, incredible volatility and inflation. I think we can help you out. Uh, I'll be happy to sit down with you. Just go to maxoutsavings.com and sign up for the free Max Out Savings Report. Uh, it, 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 or, or it, there's also a, there's a, 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 an appointment tab. You push the appointment tab, you can request an appointment. So we're busy, but you know, if, if, you, uh, if, if you'd like to meet with us, we'll, we'll get you in there. Uh, we got we got some real interesting things. I'm going to another big conference, uh, really fascinating group of people next week. We're going to be, I think, we're going to have some great stuff coming up on that. Uh, we've got a lot of things happening. Got new reports coming out. Uh, again. There's ways to make money in this market. You have to understand the world you're in, an inflationary wartime economy. It's not the last 25 years. What, happened, what worked in the last 20 years is not likely going to work in the next 20. And I think people just don't understand that. We're in this transition phase. But anyway, remember our motto in our philosophy, which is to save aggressively, invest conservatively. That's the key to making money over the long term. Save aggressively, invest conservatively. We're going to talk. And again, something to keep it on. We had some big jump in commodities here Friday. What's going on? We got this election. Make sure you vote. This is a big thing, big thing coming up. I think we're going to see a lot of changes. Anyway, we'll talk to you next week right here on the Max Out Savings Show. 